Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Geek 5 Live. Yo, 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 what's going on, Geek Vibes Nation? I That was horrible. I do not know why I had so many yo's in there. Um, <laughs> but welcome to episode Justice League of Geek Vibes Live. <laughs> episode Justice League. Episode Justice League. Uh, I don't know the numerical uh, for that, but we're just going to roll with episode Justice League. Uh, ten- tonight is going to be a really fun show. We are a little earlier. Uh, than we usually are, but don't worry, you will be getting your same information. Let's go right into our panelists. Let's start off with Shannon. What's going on, Shannon? Hey, how are you doing? I am uh, doing great. Ready to talk about how much I hate Superman. Um, <laughs> Nick, what's going on, Nick? Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm excited. I mean, I sound like it because I just woke up from a nap, but I am excited. <laughs> yeah, Nick is doing his best Bruce Wayne impression, so just bear with him, guys. BVS um, Bruce Wayne. BVS Bruce Wayne, yes. Um, Dane, what's going on, Dane? Salutations! Salutations, indeed. And last but not least, uh, the shirtless wonder himself, Joel. What's going on, Joel? Appreciate it. What's, sure. up, <laughs> What's up, guys? Should I not be rubbing myself? No? Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's get right into it, guys. Uh, we're going to go through our likes, our dislikes, our favorite moments, favorite scenes, uh, defi- uh, going into what the end credit scenes meant, uh, what's next for the DCEU, Ben's future, and our actual rating of the movie. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. And I'm going to start with you, Dane. Uh, let's let's hear your likes for Justice League, man. All right, my likes for Justice League. Um, I think the biggest one that I would have to say is the characters themselves in the movie. Um, in this film, they got all of them, all the Justice League members, right, I think. Uh, you know, Batman might be a little bit too smiley in ter- certain parts, but I can get over that. You know, I think that, the movie, for all the problems that it had, I mean, you got to realize Zack Snyder jumped out of this for, you know, very tender reasons. Uh, his daughter, you know, uh, died, obviously. So six months out, he has to leave. He doesn't do post. And uh, Warner Brothers demanded a bunch of reshoots, and they got Josh Whedon to come in, and I think that he did an incredible job, and I don't think it's jarring. I think that you can tell certain spots at the beginning of the movie, you're definitely Zack Snyder, and stuff more towards the end, definitely Josh Whedon, but it didn't stand out so bad. I think one thing that some people don't talk about, which is one of my favorite things about this movie, is Danny Elfman's score. I loved it. I actually have been listening to it by itself 
Um, you know, a lot of times with these superhero movies, the score has become like, you know, basically background music, literally. Uh, Avengers has a pretty notable part to it, but like for the majority of the movies, they don't. Um, DC usually is about that. I like Hans Zimmer's stuff, but I'm glad Danny Elfman said, screw it. I don't, you know, for one, I made the Batman score, so I'm going to use it during scenes. And to hear the bum, 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 you know, while he's coming through on the Batmobile and hear, you know, some of the, some of the stuff for Superman from the old uh, John Williams theme, that was really cool. And uh, I thought they blended that stuff great. I thought the humor was great, and I'm definitely going to give big props to Ezra Miller. Um, he's, he's something, he's definitely a hodgepodge of all three flashes. Well, not Jake Garrick, but like he has elements of Bart Allen, um, kind of more of a look of Bart Allen, uh, personality traits, definitely of Wally, uh, you know, especially just being funny and, and quippy and obviously Barry's backstory. So if you want a, a character of, of Barry Allen, that's more like the comics. The TV show definitely applies that Barry Allen very well. He's heroic, smart, you know, strong thinking, works with his heart. Ezra Miller is very much the cartoon, and he's a hodgepodge of all the flashes. So I don't – I actually loved him. I think that everything, you know, every scene that we'll kind of get into, he brought out a lot of good stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I start to finish, I thought the pacing – you know, people are going to disagree with me. Um, I know that they shaved off the movie. Uh, they shaved off 45 minutes of the movie. Uh, they being the Warner Brothers board of directors who do such a great job of their fucking movie franchises. Excuse my French. Um, but still, I thought the pacing was great. You know, I didn't really need a lot of backstory with uh, certain characters. And it's not just because I'm a comic book fan. I just thought they got to the meat of it and kept on going. So I think those are my major likes within the movie. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Kanan, what'd you think? Did you say Shannon? Uh, I said Kanan. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I what? <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Please let him go first. Let him go next. We haven't heard from him. I felt bad. He has to go next. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, up until like yesterday, when like all of the um, stuff came out about like what was removed. Um, I mean, I loved it. I mean, I went to the, you know, I got to go to the early screening like Dane did, and I walked out and I felt like this is a great movie. Like, this is huge. This movie's going to be great. Like, DC is going to be on the right track, I thought, with critics and with audiences. And uh, I just felt like this movie, I love BBS, uh, one of the few in this group that did, uh, especially the the un uh, the un um, unrated cut, you know, the extended edition. I thought it was I thought it was a great film, and I walked out of this. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, they got everybody right. Uh, Batman is the Batman that everybody wants. Uh, he's not Murder Man like everybody was calling him in BVS, and I felt like Superman was the one everybody wanted. So I felt like okay, you know, WB, uh, you know it. To me, it, it didn't feel like a Snyder movie, but it didn't feel like a Wheaton movie either. It was kind of like an in-between. And so I was like, okay, you know, uh, I think everybody's going to find a happy medium. So, you know, I saw it again uh, the other night, so I've seen it I've seen it twice now. And I walked away still loving it. Uh, I do have some complaints that we'll get into once, you know, that comes around. But, I mean, I feel like if you didn't walk away from that movie and felt like, 
you know, it was a great film, then, you know, other than the flaws, which, I mean, every movie has, then I just don't know if you, like, really paid attention. But the team, the chemistry, uh, you know, you could tell was there. And um, I felt like it was a great setup. The, that last post credit scene, oh, my gosh, it's probably one of the best I've ever seen. Uh, I've never seen a theater more hyped uh, for a post credit scene. The only time I've seen a theater gasp and like erupt was the uh, in the in the Avengers, uh, the first movie Avengers, when you know Thanos does the face reveal. But other than that, I mean, this was like almost on that level. So I mean, I just loved it. But you know, it's like kind of just some stuff just you know seen and lately it's kind of like taking me out of the mood. But I think it's a great film and. I just wish more people, you know, get a chance to see it and, and give it a chance. Yeah, that's very true. I understand, especially with the way things have been going on and uh, with the, the critics and the Rotten Tomatoes story assisting a little. For a movie we all enjoyed, at least for the most part, uh, it's kind of been kind of sucky, in the way, especially online if you're on Twitter. But, yeah, so, Shannon, uh, what did you think? Um, I think, um, surprisingly, I really enjoyed Cyborg because I didn't really think I would, but I thought the casting choice and the character that he portrayed was actually just real smooth, real cool. And I was really excited that I got the cyborg booyah near the end of the movie. Um, So I was actually really happy with that character in particular. Um, And then second to that would be the flash. I think that was a really good portrayal of the character um, for, you know, all the abilities and stuff aside, but I like the humor he had. So I think, surprisingly enough, again, the things I enjoyed about the movie were the things that surprised me. Um, humor I actually liked. I thought it was funny. There was some good jokes, and they weren't, you know, real cheesy, real corny. Um, I liked the fact that they had the Flash and Superman racing. You know, I thought that was really great. So there was a lot of really good elements to it that the comic book fans would definitely love, but then other newer fans to the genre, they don't know that stuff. They just know the characters, what they are. I think um, that they were introduced to them in a very good way. So I, I would give credit to Cyborg and The Flash as being some of my favorite things about this movie so far, actually. Um, and then also a, a third thing, and this is important to me, um, I'm a, I've always been a big fan of fighting movies, whether it's Kung Fu or just Jason Statham action or John Wick type stuff, what have you. But I want to point out that I love that they have stayed with Wonder Woman having her kind of characteristic fighting style. And I liked her action scenes in particular because I thought it was true to her character. It was fun to watch. Um, it made sense with the flow of the battles and the movies. So I really liked watching her fighting scenes and the way she did things. So I thought that was really, really, really good as well. It wasn't overdone or you know it wasn't stupid it was really good so the character cyborg the humor the character of the flash and um one woman particularly her action scenes i think were pretty on point i think those are about the, the, some of the the most surprising things that i found i liked about the movie um other than that i think um the coming together of it because i was really worried about it being drawn out because last week i had mentioned you know they don't have the advantage of each character already being a few movies in deep on their own solo ones. So how are they going to make up ground? And I think they did a good job of that. I didn't feel like I wasted too much time just getting backstory after backstory. And then finally at the end we get 20 minutes of peak movie and then it's done. 
So I think that was really well done in tying the team together in one movie. So those would be my favorite things. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I also enjoyed Cyborg. Uh, outside of the baby hands, I thought he was a really good uh, character for this movie. <laughs> me too. Um, yeah, the, the baby hands were, <laughs> were an issue for me. But, uh, you know, I, I will say this. Ray Fisher made me more optimistic about the idea of a solo Cyborg film. Because uh, he brought a lot of really good energy uh, to that role. And I, I, Cyborg, to me, is someone who doesn't really have his own villain. So I didn't know how you could make a cyborg movie, but even if they wanted to go in and just make something up just for the, you know, just for that movie, I'd be fine with it. And Ray Fisher leading it, I'm more okay with now than I was before I saw this movie. Uh, Nick, what were your likes of Justice League? Uh, first and foremost, uh, Ezra Miller's facial reactions, uh, just like <laughs> were so perfect throughout the whole movie, like. He's he's such an expressive actor, and he's like I I wasn't necessarily completely sold on on him playing the role. I wasn't like against it or anything. Um, I'm I'm very uh, um, after after Heath Ledger did such a great job uh, with with the Joker, and uh, you know I was I was vehemently against that. Of course, until I saw it, I, I have slowed my role on judging any sort of actor chosen for a particular. Uh, role before I get a chance to see it, but man, he was just perfect. I loved, I loved it. I loved um, I, pretty much everything he did. I love the situational humor um, that that they utilize, um, like because there's really two ways that you can go about humor in these types of films. You can do it with your one-liners, or you can do it with situational humor. Um, I felt like some of the one-liners sometimes fell flat in the movie, but the situational humor was the much more um, hyped up uh version like for instance um like the the scene where um they get to the bat cave and and the flash is just like got this look on his face and he's just like speeding around like checking out everything out and everything like that was that's just a a, a nice use of situational humor or when superman like catches up to him when they're saving the people um in in whatever that that town was chernobyl uh type place um like where you know he saves the people with the car and then superman's carrying a whole building like it's just great situational humor so i love the flash i love the situational humor um i love the way that the 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 team comes together i mean i think the pacing like dane said i think the pacing was pretty damn good especially considering um you know what shannon said was the fact that they didn't have a number of things to go off on. They didn't spend too much time with exposition. Um, they they didn't treat their audience like, you know, a bunch of children watching it. You know, like they, they basically said, you know, uh, these are the characters. Um, we're going to give you a little bit of who they are, but like we're going to, you know, leave it up to you to, to kind of piece it all together. Um, and I think that works. You don't want to, especially with a movie like this, where you're having so many characters, new characters come together, you don't want to waste too much time, um, you know, trying to explain things. Um, I love the Easter egg references. Um, of course, you know, we'll get into depth with the, uh, with the, the post-credit scenes, but both of those were great and, and, and super cool reveal. Um, like when, when Wonder Woman's talking about the, the, um, 
first war against uh, Steppenwolf, and you get that flashback sequence. Um, is, is can anybody tell me like is 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 that Zeus? Like the dude yeah. with the lightning? Is that Zeus? Zeus? Okay, that's that's what I thought. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that. Yeah. That like so the old gods and then you got like some of the lanterns and like dude it was just it was so cool it was such a such an awesome uh, uh, little you know Easter egg that that you know they they threw in there knowing how much you know the audience would appreciate it um, I like the dialogue for the most part um, I think that is a big uh, plus with getting Joss Whedon to come on board uh, because the dialogue there are a few lines um, that that kind of irked me um but for the most part um it it flowed well uh the people um you know having having their different uh conversations with one another i particularly loved um the the kind of back and forth throughout the movie uh between uh both wonder woman and bruce wayne um and then flash and uh cyborg um i love the way that those relationships were um uh, stripped down and then put back together as far as Batman and Wonder Woman and then as far as just the building rapport between uh, Ezra Miller's uh, Flash and, and uh, Cyborg. Um, I thought those were standout moments. And uh, finally, Superman. I, I just like... I, I, I liked Man of Steel, but I, I wasn't like a huge fan of it. I hated Batman versus Superman. Um, I, and I felt like a lot of that had to do with you know, they they just never really got Superman right. Um, they finally, to me, got got Superman right. Like, he he is a little um, like uh, he is a little cheesy, and that's okay. Like, he doesn't have to be um, like not everything has to uh, has to be so serious uh, with his character because I just I just think it works better when he is a little cheesy. Like, you know, when he when he. Pff, when he flies back after saving all those people and he's like, is this guy still bothering you guys? Like, I was like, oh, that's great. That's, that's like Clark Kent that I know and love. And, uh, I think they have to be careful not to do too much of it, but I don't think that they necessarily did too much of it in this movie. Um, and, uh, and I think, uh, definitely my, my favorite, uh, portrayal of, of Superman in any of these, uh, um, DCEU films thus far. Yeah, man, for sure. Like, uh, like, look, I'll take over from here. <laughs> um, I, I really, I just like everybody. It seems everyone seems to enjoy it, so I'm very happy to hear that. Because I, as I was watching the movie, I'm thinking to myself, what didn't I like about this movie? Because there's a lot of stuff to like in this movie. It's just, it's just too much. Too many things made me smile. Like I remember sitting there during the scene with the Amazon taking away the mother box. I'm like, this scene was so badass just to watch, you know? Um, I really enjoyed the scene with the Amazons um, playing, like, uh, hot potato with the mother box. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed, obviously, most of the characterizations for all the main characters, like the Flash. Um, he was hysterical. Like, the moment where um, when Superman catches, the, catches them, they like, make eye contact when he catches them <laughs> behind them during the fight. That was... I like my my girlfriend just like cried like she was tearing in her chair. I was, that made me feel good because I'm like they finally you can get that kind of emotion from someone that that was just so funny. Because um, like you said, Nick, like his facial expressions won the movie for me. Because like he was like 
he made the weirdest faces. They were all on point. Like, because I would make that face. Maybe that's probably why. Because I'm like, I would make the same face. So I understand. <laughs> that <laughs> um, oh that shit old, face. <laughs> yeah, the oh shit. And he did that a lot. So like, there was a lot of that. Um, so he was really fun. Um, I really enjoyed Aquaman. Like he was bad. Like he looked badass. He acted badass. He didn't have as much to do with, like than I expected, but he still. I like this version of Aquaman, and I can't wait to see more of them next year in the movie. Batman, like that, that beginning scene with Batman, like in the like um, on the rooftops, that was awesome. I'm like, that was like Batman one on one, and then the whole thing with uh, the Parademon, that's uh, right out of the comic books, like with, with the back and forth between them two. Um, Bruce had a really good. Uh, I mean, I thought they all every character had their own. Like I love the the back and forth between uh, Bruce and Diana. I thought they had great chemistry in this movie. They had a lot of heart. And there was a lot. I liked that they, they went at it, like, verbally a couple times, and they, they butted heads. And I, their chemistry is awesome to me. Um, Cyborg was a surprise, too. I mean, I, I kind of expected to like him, but I didn't know what I was going to get out of him. And he was kind of the heart of the movie. Um, his CGI, um, which obviously looked a little weird in the beginning, um, and like if you look at the trailers. But in the movie, for the most part, it looked pretty good. Now, I had it the moments where it was kind of off. But for the most part, they, I thought they, they stuck the landing on most of what is CGI. And, of course, the end where you got to see him changing up the suit. I really enjoyed that part. The old the fight with, with uh, the old war, uh, with the Steppenwolf the first time, finally getting to see a Green Lantern in the movie. That made, you know, as a person that's been wanting Green Lantern in this movie, it was really nice to see a Green Lantern. Not one of the ones we know, but it was someone. And so I was really excited to see a Green Lantern in this movie, even if it was for, like, less than a minute. <laughs> you know, it was what it was. And we got to see the old gods, like you guys mentioned earlier, with Zeus in them. So there was, there's just so much to like about this movie, uh, even with all its flaws, that I, I came out of this movie very, very happy. So, uh, Juwan, what did you like about this movie? Um, well, you guys covered everything. Most of it. You didn't really leave me much <laughs> to say I enjoyed. Uh, so I'll say for the most part, I agreed. Uh, the one uh, huge thing I enjoyed that you guys didn't really uh, touch that much on, uh, I think someone mentioned it, but didn't touch that much on it, the raw emotion. Uh, right after that Batman scene, that Everybody Knows song, that played showing you a world without Superman, a world without quote-unquote heroes, I thought that was beautiful. And that, moments like that are why I love Zach. And then there are other moments <laughs> where I'm like, ah. But those are one of the moments where I'm like, yes, Zach, that's, that's brilliant. That's beautiful, man. Um, so, yeah, the raw emotion for me, the scenes with Barry and his dad and, uh, in prison, those, those were very touching. Uh, I, I was wondering, emotion-wise, could this outdo what Grant and uh, John Wesley Ship were able to do in the TV show? And it, it was, like, right there with it, right there with it. Uh, I felt that emotion. It didn't seem like phoned in. It didn't seem unnecessary. It, it fit. We needed that for Barry. Um, even Cyborg with his dad, uh, they still have some things to work out. Uh, I'm sure Cyborg's going to freak out when he finds out his dad also created the Terminator. Uh, inside joke. Uh, only a few people will understand that. Uh, <laughs> I get it. Nice. Dyson reference. Um, <laughs> So, but yeah, you know, a lot of this stuff was good. And one of the, the, the other huge things me and Joel were talking about before, as far as emotion of the movie and the tone, uh, Bruce's want to not be there anymore was just like, wow, man. Wow. He was willing to just 
fall on the sword at any point of this movie. He did not want to be the leader. Wonder Woman did not want to be the leader. Both ended up being the leaders <laughs> by the end of this movie. Um, but it, it really shows you that Bruce does not see himself as a hero. He does not see himself in the same light that he sees these guys in. And, uh, you know, th- this movie was, you know, it, we're still evolving this Batman. Because we have to remember, this is a Batman fresh off of the death of one of his, his Robins. You know, entering BVS, we saw how dark he was there. We saw some of the brightness shine in in Justice League, but we still see he looks upon himself in a negative light. Um, so, you know, by the end of this movie, the relationship that obviously he now has with Clark, I'm hoping Clark can kind of bring all of the humanity back out of Bruce. Um, you know, because, you know, like I said, him at the end of the movie to where he was just like, you know, I'll take care of the parademons. You guys just go take care of business with Steppenwolf. He knew there was no way in hell he was going to outlast those parademons, but he was willing to die. He didn't care. He was willing to die. Um, so, you know, like I said, the raw emotion of this movie was really good. It, it definitely touched me. Um, and that was pretty much the, the biggest thing. Uh, everything else I agree with you guys on, so I'm not going to just repeat everything you guys said, but uh, the emotion is what got me the most. Um, all right, so let's get into our dislikes. Uh, Shannon, what were your dislikes of Justice League? Okay, okay. My my dislikes. dislikes. I'll start with my main, 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 main one. And I am a huge, huge, huge Batman fan, guys, so don't hate me for saying any of this because I think I'm going to disagree with something that everyone else had a positive thing to say. I think Batman was pretty out of character this entire movie. And I don't regret saying that. I think he was kind of, he was like a chump the whole movie. He got his butt kicked a lot. He made out of character comments, jokes. Um, And then the final, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was the scene when they're all fighting at the end, you know, and he took down the shield and Superman's there. And when when Superman first comes in, the camera flashes to Batman in his face real quick. And I swear his face turned into an emoji of the most weirdest and dumbest contortions. And I was like, Batman would never make that face. And it, that was it for me. I was And, like, it just showed him shooting a gun off into the nothing, and then it ran out of ammo, you know, and he just kind of tossed it away. Like, he didn't – I think I literally counted about six guys he beat up, but I think he just kind of, like, tossed them to the side. I think they got back up um, after that. But I was kind of displeased with Batman. So and, and, I mean, the other characters are good, but as a Batman fan, this was not a movie for me to enjoy Batman. Like, but but I will give credit. That first scene was great, but after that, I think he was out of character, and the face just sealed the deal <laughs> for me. Um, so that was probably one of my biggest dislikes. And second off, I think a, a lot of people were disagreeing with the CGI and, and some of the issues there. I didn't really have the biggest problem with that. I think I had a bigger problem with Aquaman's contacts. I swear his eyes were looking in two different directions for a lot of those scenes, and it just bothered me so much. And I was like, Aquaman, go home, you're drunk. Like, literally, he was. Uh, so I didn't know what to do with that. Um, so those would be the, my two biggest complaints, um, honestly. And then third, and again, this goes back to, to I love fighting. I love action movies. 
you know, a lot. I think there's a lot of cinematography that goes on with it, a lot of planning, and it's an art form. It really is. And I liked Wonder Woman's fight scenes, but I didn't so much enjoy everyone else's. Um, I think that bothered me a lot. I think Wonder Woman used her one power move with her little bracelets, like, over and over and over. She used it, you know, twice to some other guy. She used it once and Batman blocked it. She used it on a shield at one point, like... You know, I think she was just playing rock, paper, scissors half the movie. So that part got a little annoying. But when she was fighting with her sword and her shield, that was good. Um, the Flash, I swear, he was running fast and all this stuff. But I think they made it a, literally a point to make him slow down and, like, touch something with his fingertip. They did it with Wonder Woman's sword. They did it with the mother box. And then after that, every other running scene was him falling. So I was a little disappointed with his action scenes, um, you know, but I don't know, the, the fighting and, the and like I said, Batman basically just got his butt whooped the whole time. He drove a car around bl blaring a Ghostbusters song, and then they ripped the top off of that and ripped his gun off, and that was disappointing. So I think the fighting lacked a lot for me. Wonder Woman's was okay, except for one go-to move. Um, Batman being out of character and uh, <laughs> Aquaman's eyeballs. <laughs> Those are my biggest things. And I'm sorry, um, don't hate me for saying all that. No, no, no. I mean, you have uh, all, you know, all the There's right. There's a difference between hate and disagreement. How about that? Yeah, no, I don't think anyone here hates what you said. As far as Batman, uh, I'm not too far off from where you were. Uh, I think you could definitely tell what Batman scenes Zach did and what Batman scenes uh, Whedon did. I think Whedon's Absolutely. Batman scenes were the more were the more cheesy ones. Uh, that that you know that showed you that that's not the Batman they were that they created with BVS. And then the scenes that were that were him on the gargoyle, him jumping off the gargoyle, the opening scene. Like, you saw that, Zach's Batman and then Whedon's Batman. And I think Whedon's Batman is what you were not approving of. Uh, but also we have to remember, as far as the action scenes not being the best that they can, we have to remember three out of maybe, how many were there? Five or six? There were six, right? Uh, the Justice League, there were six of them, right? I'd say three yeah. out of the six... Uh, have potential to be OP as shit. Right. So you can't have Superman too OP. You can't have Wonder Woman too OP or Flash. Uh, Aquaman wasn't True. by any water. That's why I didn't bring that up. He wasn't by any water but at the end. At the same time, though, if you're going to have those characters in the movie, you got to figure out a way to make it work. You can't just say, oh, they're too OP, you know, all the time, so I can't really do much with them, you know? That's so I think a lot of the I mean, time, same thing with... Marvel, but the, the Hulk and Thor fighting Ragnarok was awesome. They were both extremely OP, but they had some really cool elements and parts to that without it being overdone and, you know, lacking too much. To be devil's advocate, think, of course. I think DC, uh, I think they saved the best for the solos. That's what I'm starting to see. Superman's best fighting scenes were in Man of Steel. Yeah. Um, Wonder Woman's best fighting scenes were in Wonder Woman. And now we're looking forward to Aquaman, where where I think they saved a lot of Aquaman for his solo. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I feel as though the Wonder Woman with the, the bracelet clanging, I hated that in, in, uh, in BVS. I didn't get why they felt the need to do that. I don't recall her using that as a power that often in the comics. Uh, just have her use her fist or her sword. I don't know why you're having her clang, 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 or whatever the hell that shit's supposed to be, shockwaves. It's weird, uh, but I, I'm not that far off from you. 
Uh, and also, Aquaman was drunk most of this movie, so that could have been <laughs> Yeah, I didn't mean for that joke to make so much sense, but it did. <laughs> yeah, it most definitely did. Uh, Kanan, we know it's probably only 0.5, but what if you're dislike of Justice League? <laughs> well, I mean, as far as, uh, you, know, as you know, you were talking about Batman. I think, you know, I don't know if the rest you know, of y'all know, but I mean, there's a lot of context to his character development that was cut out after uh, Snyder left. And if you, if you read some of the stuff that was cut out, I mean, it shows why he's the way he is. He, he's a very broken Batman and he's, uh, he doesn't feel like he's a hero. He feels like Clark and, and Diana are the real heroes. He knows that he's murdered people. He knows that he's not a perfect person. And yes, he's willing to give his life up. I think he feels like the way he acted in BVS, that this would be a proper send off. So that was the way Batman was really going. And then yes, you had Wheaton come in and, and give the dialogue, but I don't think that those were like terrible. I mean, some of the stuff wasn't consistent. Like, you know, like you were saying, uh, Juwan, that you could tell, uh, for one minute, Snyder's Batman, and then they would change a scene or add a dialogue that you could tell was very much Whedon. What the hell? But uh, I think, uh, and as far as like the fight scenes go, um, the the Superman Return part was as as about as badass as I've seen Superman be. I mean, you talk about him seeing what a fully unleashed Superman could do. I mean, that was amazing. So. Um, I felt like that was fine. My biggest issues uh, with the film was um, the the CGI on Superman. I felt like at the very beginning, I felt like Warner Brothers should have never had that in there. His mouth in the video the kid shot was terrible. You could tell that the CGI was not finished, and um, some stuff's come out where Warner Brothers pretty much just like forced them to do that. They didn't have time to finish it. It just did not look good. I feel like they would have either been better off just letting him with the beard and CGI the beard on and just give people, you know, like the Superman from the comics when he came back, you know, he had the facial hair and kind of went that route. Um, I know they couldn't because some of the scenes he had filmed, he didn't have facial hair. Um, I felt like that was, the, you know, my biggest complaint. Uh, also, yes, the Wonder Woman uh they were they have her rely on her god powers too much with the bracelets um but you know like you said you know they're they gotta they gotta have that that's like her her signature move but other than that like i said the cgi was probably like the only thing i felt like some of the jokes i didn't like i did not like the thirsty joke um that martha made to lois it was totally out of place you could tell that was wheaton I didn't like the flash falling on Wonder Woman's boobs. That uh, was out of place. I, I know that was for laughs, but that was I did not like that scene. I felt like that did not need to be there. Um, uh, I did. Uh, I didn't really. I felt like I, did, I agreed that I felt like Aquaman was there. I don't feel like he really contributed much. We really didn't get to see his full potential. But like uh, Jawan said, I think they're saving him. I think you're going to, like he even said, you're going to see a different Aquaman in his movie. So I think we'll finally get to see. It's almost like this Aquaman was kind of Bruce from BVS. You know, he's unsure of himself. You know, he's very disgruntled. Um, you know, because you heard, you saw the talk with him and Mara. 
Um, uh, and then other than that, I, I liked Steppenwolf, but I felt like as being this, uh, you know, almost second to Dark Side Supreme being, he had like no real powers. I felt like he should have been like juiced up a little bit. Um, and um, I didn't really have any issues with Flash. I hated that we didn't get some of the cut scenes uh, or, or some of the scenes with like uh, Iris. Um, I mean, seeing some of this stuff that got leaked, man, I mean, this movie could have been so different uh, in a lot of ways. You know, some of the stuff that they cut out and some of the stuff they changed, I wish they wouldn't have. Um, you know, and hopefully we'll get to see that. But other than that, I mean, that's, that's really my only complaint. I mean, it's not enough for me to, to hate the movie. Like I said, the CGI was like the only the turnoff for me. Superman's lips was just like, mm. Uh yeah yeah no I, I definitely uh, uh, agree with that uh, I wasn't certain things weren't that glaring but you know there were issues nonetheless uh Dane what were your what were your dislikes uh they needed an extra two months to be able to finish the CGI on this movie I think that was definitely shown in certain parts in certain parts they got it great like I thought Cyborg was gonna look like shit he actually looked pretty damn good throughout the movie. I like that part where he upgrades his suit to what we're, we're used to in the comics. Like, couldn't you have done that, like, at the beginning of the movie? It looks a hell of a lot cooler than, like, the uh, Terminator look, but, you know, mm-hmm. he was made by the inventor of Terminator, so what do you expect? <laughs> um, yeah, but that mustache thing, it's only... People bitch about it, and I just saw it at the, uh, the Adobe uh, Digital Theater at AMC, which is, like, their top, you know, for as, as far as effects and sound goes. It was only noticeable at that beginning part, and it's really noticeable. Throughout the rest of the movie, it's not as bad. But, come on, Steppenwolf is the same problem I have with Thanos. They look like fucking video game characters. You can do a hell of a lot more with prosthetics and makeup. If you are talking, your face moves. Everything moves. Your eyes, your cheeks, everything. When it's just the mouth moving, it looks pretty damn ridiculous. Um, And Karen Hines is a great actor, so they could have really brought him out and kind of, you know, just, I don't know. I thought that, that is something that kind of bothered me, but like I said, that that's bothered me with a lot of movies in the past when it looks like it's a world of Warcraft cutscene in certain parts. That's not good. As far as the side, or as far as the, uh, the effects go with the fighting scenes, I thought that looked really well. I thought that they actually was able to, I, I've gone into so many movies, especially blockbuster movies, transformers, different Marvel movies where it's like, I have a headache at the end of the fighting scenes, because I have no idea what the hell's going on. It doesn't even have to be in 3D. This thing, you could tell everyone, you know, was doing their thing. Um, I have to agree with Shannon uh, to an extent, not as not as strongly, but I don't like Whedon's interpretation of Batman in certain scenes. Uh, you can tell you. he shouldn't he shouldn't be fucking smiling as much. But where I disagree is the fact that for this character development from BVS, for the most part, especially when he like goes and gives a direct order and then goes and does something else, that's straight out of the animated series to me. Like, that's very much your Kevin Conroy Batman, and that's something that I think at least Zack Snyder gets and has always got with his version of Batman. I love Nolan's movies. We've gone to an ex- you know, into a large talking, but that was his version of Batman. This was the comic book version of Batman, and I appreciate that as a comic book fan. But uh, some of the parts with Clark really landed – and some of them really didn't. Like, I didn't mind the part where he's on the ground. He's like, yep, I'm definitely bleeding. I thought that was kind of funny and, and, and kind of worked. But certain other parts, like when he goes toe-to-toe with, with Diana, and we'll get to that as one of my favorite scenes, that was 
that is Bruce Wayne, you know, through and through. But the end where he's smiling like and grinning like an idiot when Superman comes back, it's like, really? Did he have to make that facial expression? And I blame that on the director. But with Josh, you got to understand, man, he came in and in six months did all the reshoots, apparently filmed like 50% of the movie over, you know. So for the amount of time, I think that I, I don't have a problem with that uh, like a lot of people do. Um, I thought that they put together a pretty damn good film uh, with all things considered. I'm trying to think of, like, another thing that really bothered me in the movie, um, aside from Steppenwolf. Um, yeah, I, 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 the one thing, and, I mean, people are going to disagree with me, and that's fine. I don't mind the hodgepodge uh, flash, but you could have just differentiated. While no one knows really, you know, that much about Barry Allen and Wally West, you could have made him Wally West because he was Wally West. That was... Definitely the same. That was the Michael Rosenbaum flash from the animated series. Um, quippy as hell. Barry lies on the television. That is the version from the comic books, you know. So that's a minor one because I don't mind what they did. They basically took all the personalities made them into one. But I would lie if I didn't say that that's kind of like a small critique. Um, yeah, and the villain sucked. I mean, that's my, my biggest thing with comic book movies. Hey, guys, we don't need to have a giant bean coming from the sky with an army of whatever the hell, and this one villain that's completely pointless and useless. And that's not just DC, that's Marvel. The only two villains that have ever mattered in these comic book films are Loki and General Zod, and Zod got his neck broken. So it's, they're the only ones that seem like an actual threat. Uh, and I wish that we got to see the scene of Steppenwolf going back to Apocalypse, and they didn't even have to show Darkseid. You could just hear someone go, you failed me, or something like that, and throw him in a in a Lazarus pit, or not a Lazarus pit, but one of the, uh, one of the pits on, on Apocalypse. I thought that they kind of missed out on that just by hinting at Darkseid. I get why, because Josh Whedon probably was like, hey, guys, we did that in the first Avengers. Maybe you shouldn't be showing Darkseid yet. This is enough, like, leading up to it. I don't know, but, yeah, those are definitely some of the problems I had. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up was um, Steppenwolf. Uh, Steppenwolf, sorry. Uh, I was talking to Joel. One of the things I didn't understand about them making him CGI was that uh, if you look at what he looked like in the comics, he has like a human face with hair. So if you look at the guy who actually plays him in the movie, he kind of doesn't look that far off from what he looked like in the comics. Why did you make him CGI at all? I didn't understand that. Uh, That was very confusing to me. Um, and I wasn't a fan of that at all. I agree with you, Dane. They definitely well, needed more time to finish. Yes, go ahead. You know, which Thanos looked better? The one at the end of the Avengers that was all prosthetics and makeup or the one that was in Guardians with Josh Brolin doing the motion capture? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't get that. Why prosthetics and makeup aren't used as much? Like, it, it just looks natural, especially if you're not going to go through the whole entire procedure of – Doing what like uh, Andy Circus does basically. I forgot what it's called. That's different, but yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Go ahead, go ahead, Cannon. You're whispering. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna add. No, I was just yeah. Sorry, I was just gonna add that, uh, Dane. You would have <laughs> you would have actually been really really happy um, with you know if they added Dark Side because there was a scene that was uh, filmed. Um, when they're trying to separate the mother boxes that cyborg connects and he actually um, has a vision of what earth would look like. Then he actually sees apocalypse and then you get a glimpse of dark side, you know, as is, and that was, was cut. So, I mean, 
that would have been like, you know, like, you know, even if he doesn't talk, you know, or, you know, like you said, if he does, you see him, that would have been, you know, pretty cool to see. But that was something that was actually uh, in the movie that, that they took out. Damn. Yeah. I, um, I, what confuses me and, you know, they wouldn't have been able to keep it under wraps for long, but every time, like I saw this movie three times and each time I left, I kept saying, I kind of wish like they never told us that Whedon was taking over when Zach stepped down. I wish we never knew because mm-hmm. we're not on set. So we wouldn't have known that Zach wasn't present. I wish that came out like when the movie came out. So then you can go, oh, okay, well, I see where it was Zach. I see where it was Whedon. But when you know that going into it, it's it's way more apparent. <laughs> like what what is what? Uh-huh. Um, because the same issues we had with BVS, some scenes were obviously what Zach wanted to be there, and then you had certain parts that Warner Brothers <laughs> wanted to be there. So you know they 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 haven't really lately been letting Zach fully just do whatever he wanted to do for the film. And let's not forget, this film wasn't even, if you don't count the end credits, wasn't even two hours. So I felt like Zach had a whole nother hour and 30 minutes of material he wanted to give us. So it, it's not out of the... Cut. Yeah, so it's not out of the realm of possibility to believe we could have had a dark side. We could have had Iris West. We could have had maybe a little bit more development of, of, of certain characters in certain moments. I don't know. They're going to have to figure that out because we said this before. We can't keep allowing you to give us a theatrical and then give us a director's cut, and then we like the director's cut more. And then what people are going to start doing is saying, well, shit, why don't, why don't I just wait till the DVD comes out and watch that? You know? Well, so at I, least for me, um, I, I think the yeah. difference, Juwan, with this one, if they have a director's cut, I think it's because I, I want to see it just because I want more of the film. I don't want it to correct the film. I don't think the film, like I said, like I, you can tell the difference between Zack Snyder and Josh Whedon, but it didn't, it didn't get jarring for me. And I thought the pacing was actually pretty good. So to me, like I said, it, it's to want more of a film I enjoyed instead of trying to watch an extended version to correct the badness from the last two films that they had with that option with Suicide Squad and just in a BBS. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. It, I, I was referring, you know, less to the, the correcting of it and more to if, if you know, the casual movie goes, uh, what might start happening, because it's happened three times now. Uh, if I'm sorry, two times, if Justice League does it, it would be the third. What casual fans might start doing, if they get the director's cut, like all of Zach's version of and they like it more than they did the theatrical, a lot of people are going to start. I'm not saying it's going to happen immediately, but at some point they're going to go, well, if this happens again, should I just wait <laughs> for the DVD to come out and watch that version? Because I've been liking I do agree with the that. Yep. director's cut more than I do the theatrical version. I thought Wonder Woman would break that mold and we would get away from that. Uh, but, of course, you know, in this case it was a tragedy that uh, spun them to have to do a different direction for the film. So you can't really blame them on, on the aspect of that. But still, I feel as though if Zach had a finished version, use the finished version. You owed him that. Because the, the parts of this movie that you could tell were definitely Zach's, I, I loved all of it. And I'm not saying that I hated what Whedon did, because uh, it's, not, it's, it's not that clear for you to pick out 
you know, oh, he did that, and I hate it tremendously. Right. But I just kind of wish they would let they would have let Zach's full product come out, and you know, you just had Whedon maybe touch up a few lines here and there or something like that, handle the reshoots if necessary. But to completely kind of do like a another a cut version of what Zach wanted is a little weird to me. But um, Nick, what were your dislikes? Uh, well, the the bracelet thing with Wonder Woman is like the asshole who plays as Noob Saibot with Mortal Kombat and just uses the Shadow Run the whole fucking time, and you're just like, dude, come on, man, like, calm down with the fucking Shadow. Like, you no, you can't be Noob Saibot anymore, man. Noob is off limits. Um, so, uh, very, I I kind of draw that parallel there. Um, but uh, but the biggest, honestly. And this is so nitpicky, but the biggest thing that bothered me in the whole movie was uh, my man. Like, I hate that line so damn much. And, like, the like I hated it when I saw it in the trailer. And then I hated it even more when I saw it in the movie because there's absolutely nothing that sets it up. Like, throughout the whole movie, he's it, literally, he's uh, uh, Aquaman is talking about, like, how much he doesn't trust Cyborg. Like he's like, like even with the with the lasso uh, part, which we I don't I don't think we uh, we mentioned earlier, but that was definitely uh, a big time like for me because that that was a, a, an awesome awesome scene. But he's like like we don't even know if this guy's on our side or not. Like so the fact that like that you know he catches him and he he like looks at him he smiles and my man like it doesn't fit at all. It just it, it irked me. Um, so, like I said earlier, I think most of the dialogue was pretty good. I did not like that line. I also didn't like the line where um, where Wonder Woman in her first scene where she grabs the dude with the lasso and then she's, like, asking him, she's like, like what's going on here or whatever? And, and um, she's like, my, my lasso, it compels you to tell the truth, you know? I was like, it was a little unnecessary. You didn't really need to say that. Like, that, again, that's getting into, like, exposition. Like, we all know what the lasso does, like, I mean, I feel like that's pop culture, culture enough to where you don't really have to um, explain that. Um, so uh, some some dialogue quips here or there that I, I didn't didn't like. Those are those are definitely two of them. Um, and then my my overall thing, uh, and it it doesn't like bother me terribly um, because I I feel like even though this film goes through a lot of the normal superhero tropes, I still feel like because of the content within the the arc or within the story, because um, the story is is totally unoriginal, but the content within it is is good enough that I think it, it has replay value. Um, but it, it's 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 a very very um, unoriginal story. Um, the CGI like kind of bothers me, and I agree with all of you guys that that uh, it was a kind of a waste of Kieran Hines. Um, as Steppenwolf, like, he's a really good actor. He could have done a lot more had they like, kind of allowed him to do a lot more and to not be just a, a big CGI monster. Um, but, like, the, again, like, the thing that bothered me the most was just the fact that it was a um, it was a played-out story that we've all seen um, so many times. And I think that is, in and of itself, what's going to hurt this movie um, as far as critical acclaim um, because... Like, I think if this movie had come out 10 years ago, uh, it would have been, like, very, very uh, well-received, or at least much more well-received 
than it will be today because it's just so much of things that we've seen time and time and time and time again. I mean, even within this own universe, um, like, you know, the, the, the Steppenwolf is putting the mother boxes together to try and, like, terraform the Earth into, you know, this, this uh, apocalypse uh, landscape, which is, like, the exact same thing that, that Zod was trying to do in Man of Steel. He was trying to terraform the Earth into a more habitable, uh, um, you know, environment for his, uh, for his people. Um, so, like, you've even got, like, two exact things. I mean, and then if you want to even stretch it out, like, a little further, then you've got Enchantress, who's got the beam in the sky, trying to take over the Earth to make it, like, more towards her liking. So, it's like you guys have really used this just in your own little universe um, way, way, way too often. So, you got to get away from that. Um, but, again, like, it, it, I, why, while I did not like those things, um, and, and particularly the, the, the story, um, it, it had enough for me that that made the film enjoyable to where I could kind of be like, yeah, it's not original, but it's it's a fun ride, um, and I had you know I had a good time watching it. Um, probably had a little more fun watching it the first time that I saw it, especially with the because um, you know uh, we Dane and I saw it on on uh, like the opening night or whatever, and so like the the it was it was the audience was like filled with, with, you know, a bunch of fellow geeks. Um, whereas the second time I saw it, uh, with Shannon, like, you know, we were, you know, uh, there were, there were scattered geeks, but it was a lot of general movie going audiences as well. So it was like, um, like uh, the, 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 uh, umph wasn't, wasn't as much there with, with the audience, which I think can make a difference just as far as like your, your, uh, your standard, um, uh, uh, movie-going experience, if you will. Um, but, yeah, biggest thing, yeah, like I said, a story. Um, but, you know, uh, that that's that's a kind of a dime a dozen. You're not, you're not usually going to get things like Logan and Deadpool and, you know, um, other things like that. So it's what it is, as Joel likes to say. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Someone even pointed out to me that it was – eerily similar not dead on not in it not a carbon copy but similar to the plot of the first avengers uh and i mean when you think about it there's not many other ways they could have gone with it so no. you know it's not like marvel has a, a patent on the idea of an alien invasion uh and someone trying to conquer earth so uh so you know i didn't yeah, have a problem with that point. but yeah, and that's my point. Right. That like, had it come out ten years ago, it would have just been more well received. Now, but now that right. like, criti- yeah. critics have seen this oh, time and time again, they're they're going to be a little right. less forgiving on on a, a plot that they've seen, you know, twenty times. Right. Which th- that's one. Before we move move on to the next uh, topic, that's what scares me a little bit of how this has come out after we've seen something like this done before. What scares me about Justice League Two is it'll have come out well after Avengers 3 and 4. So it then kind of shrinks what your story can be for a Justice League 2. Because we've already seen, uh, you know, a team-up movie where they just came together, a team-up movie where they've been together, and then them separated, and then the end of everything. So with Justice League 2, where's your middle ground in that? So it's going to be very interesting to see whoever the director of that is 
how they're able exactly thank you that's the word how they're able to expand uh these team up movies between the Justice League and I'd even go a step further to see how many more Justice Leaguers we see added on uh that'll definitely be very interesting and Dane I wanted to point out now that I've seen this movie I love your idea a lot more of integrating the TV show. The only issue I have with integrating it is that there's already a Flash. If there wasn't, you could literally take everything from the the television series and place it right into the movie universe, and it wouldn't even confuse not one person. Because you can go, well, you have your street-level team, which is Arrow, uh, Legends, um, and, and Supergirl. And then you can even have Supergirl team up with Henry Cavill maybe once in a while. It would just work, and you wouldn't have to go, well, they're Earth-X or they're Earth-36. You could say it's all in the same thing, but the fact that there's a flash there, you now have to differentiate it's another Earth or it's another reality or something. That's the only issue I have with it, not the only issue that they would have. It's the only issue I have. If there were no flash on television, you could place the CW universe like firmly right into the DCEU, and I think it'd be amazing. Should, should have named them Wally West. I'm telling you, I really do. Well, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because he's younger, he could have just. Well, the thing is, you're gonna have to do because that's the comics too. Like I want him to say true to comics of, hey, they have all these Earths, so you do a crisis movie that involves them. You know, right now what they're doing with the Watchmen, if that series is up and running by then, you could even incorporate that aspect. I mean, that's DC's thing. But yeah, this all could have been. Now I don't want to hear about tone because this is the same fucking tone as the CW, um, and the actors that you'd want in the movie to, to be a cameo or whatnot or whatever are the stronger actors to be able to do that compared to some of their supporting cast. Um, but to me, Christ is the right way to go, but we'll get to it later. That's, there's a lot of ifs involved now more than ever with the release of Justice League, but we'll get to that at one point. But I do agree, um, you know, it, you're right. You're right. That I'm right, basically. <laughs> well, very humble of you. Was that a Dane answer? Uh, that was a, that was that was the best Dane answer I could have could have gotten. Um, all right, so let's move on to our next topic. Now it says favorite moment, so let me be more specific. Not moments. Only one moment you can pick to be your favorite moment of Justice League. And, Joel, I'm going to put you on the spot and start with you. What was your favorite singular moment of Justice League? Well, let me start that by saying the one singular thing that bothered me the most, because I didn't get to say what I disliked. Oh, my God. I forgot. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And you're sitting next to me. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> just, Screw you, Joel. The, the mustache bothered me the most, obviously. The, the one, the mustache they tried to hide the whole movie where you can see well the all the reshoots were that that bothered me obviously the most because it was it, it looked unprofessional and it just and it, it just it, it gave it a bad taste for people watching it and I and I understand people that complain because it just didn't look good at all um, but that's the one thing that I really dislike um, but aside from that uh, the one thing uh, the one singular favorite moment in the whole movie damn it uh, once that's tough that's a really tough mm-hmm. question. Why you gotta do that to me? Was like, um, <laughs> the whole point of this was because I like so much of it. That's why Bastard. I had to shrink it, man. Because everyone would have like six moments that oh, they no, enjoyed. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'll give you one scene then. How about the the Amazon scene was probably what, 
My favorite scene. Which one? The scene where they were playing a uh, hot potato. Oh, hot food. potato? Yeah, that was, I love that. Do you that. want to go more into that? Not really. That was okay. my favorite. You guys know that. The scene with the Amazons <laughs> and the mother box, and they were playing keep away with uh, Steppable. I really, really enjoyed that. I mean, there's a lot of scenes I like, but that was one of the scenes that stood out to me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. no, that was a really, really, really good scene. Uh, it was going to be mine. Son of was a bitch. it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, uh, before I pass it to you, Nick, uh, the moment I'll go with is the, the the turning point, I guess, which is when Superman arrived uh, during the final battle. Okay. Um, with his amazing, I won't say one-liner, but his amazing line with the, but I am, truth, yeah, but justice and truth or whatever. I will say really quickly before I pass it to you, Nick, I am really glad and I don't know who I have to thank, whether it's Zach or Whedon for this, there was an opening at the end of this movie to where they could have given the cheesiest line, and they didn't. And I'm sure a lot of you are going to pick up on it. When Stephen Wolf asked, who do you think you guys are? I was just like, if someone says we are the Justice League, I am leaving. Fuck this movie, man. That line would have just been so horrible. And when no one said anything, I said, oh, thank God. Because that was a moment Marvel would have used. I think they even did use it. Oh, Tony used that moment in Avengers where Loki asks, you know, who do you think you are? And he goes, uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, you know, the Avengers. I'm paraphrasing. That wasn't exactly how he said it. Um, (laughs) But I was just like, I don't need you guys to call yourselves the Justice League yet. (laughs) I don't need that. Isn't that crazy to think? Isn't it crazy to think how good Zack Snyder gets Batman and how he just does not get Superman to an extent. But Whedon, I think, gets Superman and doesn't really get Batman that well. That tells you a lot. Wait, time out. It kind of scares me, because if Whedon doesn't properly get Batman, how is he going to go after Batgirl? Well, Batgirl's not Batman. No, she's not Batman, but it's it's a a leaf from that same tree. So I want to make sure that there's not too many, I guess, smiley scenes of Barbara in Gotham. <laughs> I don't mind a few, because she's not this be like brooding Buffy. character. Yeah, but she's like not Buffy, this brooding I'm character. Oh, okay. Then that's fine. Then I, I, I was semi-dark, but funny at the same time. Then I'm fine with Buffy that. Buffy Angel-esque. You know I'd, I mean? I'd be fine if they went that route, but him having Batman smile and glee when Superman that arrived. That was one scene I didn't like either. With just like, wait, smile what? At the end when Superman got what? there. I also didn't like when didn't he apologized, like after he was an asshole, and then he was like, I'm sorry, Diana. What? No, don't be sorry. I don't mind him being anyway, sorry. Anyway, um, Nick, what was your favorite moment? He wants to get Diana. Uh, well, first things first, uh, <laughs> the line that you were referring to from Avengers is, uh, and if we can't protect this world, you can be damn sure that we're going to avenge it. Um, and I actually really like that line, and I think that um, that the like the line that you're referring to about uh, Superman believing in truth and justice, um, they kind of parallel one another in the sense of they're they're alluding to the their namesake, uh, one being the Avengers and the other being Justice League, but they're not doing it like the fucking Stan Forstick did at the end of that movie. Remember that shit where they're like, uh, like, what are we going to call ourselves? And it's like, said something like fantastic. And then uh, Reed Richards has this like light bulb face that goes off in the movie ends. Uh, that was bad. That was really, really bad. Um, that movie. Really, really yeah, good. yeah. I mean, just the whole movie, but that, that, that scene in particular was like uh, cheese fest. 
Um, but uh, I, it really comes down to, to two, two scenes for me. Um, but since you, you have laid down the wall and I have to pick one, I will forego um, the uh, grave digging scene, which I thought was awesome. Uh, and I have to go with um, the, the scene between Bruce and Diana um, when he's pulling off uh, uh, his back gear and he's got like all the bruises and everything. And they've kind of had this, um, been on a, like a little roller coaster ride of of um, ups and downs. Obviously, they had their moment earlier um, where you know they were they were kind of at odds with one another. Um, but I, I just love that scene. I love I love the character moment that that scene builds, where you you get to see not Batman and Wonder Woman, but Bruce and Diana, and it's kind of um, it shows showing the uh, the humanity side of Bruce and how she sees it, even if he doesn't. Um, and also, it's also had my favorite line in the movie, which I feel like Dade and I were the only person to laugh uh, the first time we saw it, and I was the only person to laugh the second time I saw it. Uh, was when she says, uh, "You know, you can't do this forever, Bruce." And he's like, oh, "I can barely do it now." <laughs> and that's the most meta joke. I fucking loved it. I was I was dying laughing both times in the theater, and like I think I don't I don't quite remember Dane, but I think I started laughing, and then you were like, "Oh shit!" And then you started laughing, but we were the only two people laughing at the whole fucking theater. Yeah, um, either people didn't get it, or they were mad that we were laughing at it. Yeah, probably one one or the other. Um, but uh, but uh, but just in general, that that uh, I love that little bit of uh, meta humor, um, pun intended, by the way. Um, and uh, I also uh, just love that scene altogether. I love um, just the the character interactions, the the dialogue in it, uh, what it meant for those two characters to kind of um, bring that relationship back, um, and it really sets up the third act of the film when he's going to go off and he's got his plan. And then, you know, they're like, you know, we, we would have left you, but uh, she didn't really give us an option, you know, and then that it really sets that, that, uh, that part in the third act up very well. So it's very pivotal scene in the movie to me. Um, and it sets up, uh, I think, a, a possible um, romantic uh, interests going forward between those two characters, possibly it doesn't have to, but it could, um, so it does a lot in that like one like three or four minute scene. I just really really loved it. Hey Nick, Nick, don't you put that yeah. shit out there, man? I need a Bruce and Selena love triangle. Well, not love triangle, but uh, <laughs> love story. I don't want him I with Diana. Hope, I mean, if we I was, get, I, I if was we thinking get about Selena, it. I, I kind of hope they do it like where him and Wonder Woman have like this type of tension, and maybe even people call upon it, but. Batman has to think always of the professional aspect because that happened on Justice League, and that was one of my favorite relationships because there was a part where Batman literally is telling John Stewart, like, you know, she, I think she's a wonderful person and blah, 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 and she's a great colleague, and, you know, basically telling him all the reasons why he couldn't date her, and she's right behind him, uh, you know, just staring at him the whole entire time. So if they keep that, but, yeah, Batman and, and, and Catwoman have to get together to me. But that's just my key. Absolutely. I, again, Absolutely. I think it just depends. Have Batman and Catwoman already been together, and it didn't work out, and so now she's no, off doing no. her her no. other things. You know, I'm down for that. No, he's not, no. not like he's marrying. Uh, we've seen we've seen Batman and Catwoman <laughs> twice. Like we've never no, seen Batman and Wonder Woman. I I don't know. I, I don't think it necessarily has to be a, a relationship. But like you said, Dane, like I hope that they. 
they play off on on the chemistry there and the 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 fact that they have set up this uh, potential for a relationship. Yeah, I mean, so beautiful. What's weird is I, mm-hmm. I thought I thought they were going for New Fifty Two when they launched the DCEU. So I was I was also I was always hoping there I would never, never be Superman and Wonder Woman. That's what I was I, I was always hoping for. It was something that that it just it fit. No, like, it didn't. Before you saw it, you never thought of it, but when you saw it, it kind of makes sense. No, they kind of, they're both you know, well, not aliens. She's a guy. I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying. saying. Two most powerful beings. Listen, have Bruce with Talia. Then we we haven't seen well, seen that. God but, damn it, Juan. Well, have him with someone That's else. Already happened, anyway, man. And we've seen that before too. <laughs> like, well, wait, have him have him with Juwan. We haven't seen that. Anyway, Shannon, what was your favorite moment? <laughs> um. Well, I had a top three, and you already mentioned the hot potato scene with the mother box in the Amazons. You mentioned yeah. the uh, graveyard scene, digging up the, um, you know, body. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the fist bump was really the main thing there. <laughs> yeah, but um, honestly. My favorite scene, besides all those were good ones, but would be you know, the, the the end of the movie was when the Flash and Superman raced. Like I just, it was short, but it was it was nice. It was like wholesome and true and honest and just jovial, and it was always a thing in the comics and always talked about. So I think that was a good start to a a teamwork dynamic that can be carried on, you know, in the future. So I like how it made me feel about them being on the team together because the whole movie, you know, the flash was rather awkward the whole time and Superman, of course, is Superman. So I think that was a good scene to connect some dots as far as getting along as a team, having those jokes and things, you know, so I really, really liked that little, little tidbit. And I'm really glad that they put that dynamic in there. And I thought it was, was great. I thought it was awesome. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've I mentioned my favorite moment already, but before I pass it to you, Dane, I do want to add in that uh, all of man's world coming together, mm-hmm. even us seeing that split second of Green Lantern before he brutally died. Yeah. I loved all that. I yeah. love Zeus. Yeah. I, I loved all that. So that's definitely up there for me, too. Yeah. Uh, Dane, but what was your top favorite moment? Oh, man. Um I love Bruce saying he was to Alfred. He's more human than me to, in reference to Superman. I uh, thought that was yeah. a brilliant moment in the movie and probably the flash uh, scene where flash is going full speed at Superman <laughs> and Superman starts moving uh-huh. his eye and catches him because he's that fast too. Like I just, it, it was a good setup to what would happen later on with saving the building and who's faster between the two of them. They play that off. But uh, yeah, I, we're going to talk about our favorite scene, so I'll save what, I'm, what I was about to say for that. But those are my two favorite moments. That scene was uh, really creepy, by the way. That Superman thing, I just got to say that. I was totally creeped out by that. I gasped and, and like, held my cheeks with my hands. It was really creepy to me. <laughs> In a good way. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is kind of weird. Ezra Miller's facial expression. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Kanan, what, yes. uh, what was your favorite moment? Oh, there were so many to pick, but uh, I'd say my favorite moment is when Superman finally uses the freeze breath. Um, I had waited for two movies for him to be able to to finally use that 
and it was cool for him to, you know, to come in and, and use it there. So I thought I thought that was, uh, you know, one of my favorite moments. But like I said, there there's so many to pick from. It was just cool to finally see him, you know, use that. Yeah, no, definitely. I thought <laughs> I thought you'd have a a, a few more in uh, tucked in the holster. Um, well, you said one. Yeah, you, you said we can only name one. Like I said, there's so many. But uh, that that's definitely you know one of the moments that, that stand out. Uh yeah no I I definitely I definitely agree with that um yeah like I said the, as I told you guys only pick one I sat here and was just like I kind of want to name like six more. Um all right so we're gonna move on to our next topic. Let's go into possibly the biggest moments of this movie. Uh, We touched a little bit on Flash and Superman racing, so that is not the moment I am referring to. I am referring to the jaw-dropping, hands clasped to the face, holy shit, OMG moment. That is the end credit scene, the end end credit scene. (laughs) Uh, By the way, before I get into that, can I just say, was that not a brilliant line when Clark said, uh, Bruce, how were you able to get my mom uh, her house back from the bank? And then he goes, I bought the bank. And then he goes, seriously? And then he goes, yeah, it's kind of just a reaction thing for me. I love that. Yeah. If you watch Gotham, yeah. if you watch Gotham, you just saw uh, Lil Wayne, as Dane calls him. Yeah. Uh, he couldn't get into Boy. a party, so he bought so he bought the fucking nightclub yeah. and then went to go party. That is such a Bruce Wayne thing to do. And I love how he even pointed out, like, it's just a reactionary thing for me at this point. I just, I just do it. My friend did. I know. We'll bet him again. The way he bought the. Oh, yes. He bought the restaurant. In, in, uh, no, it was in Dark Knight. Yeah, was it Dark Knight or Batman? With the Russians, right? With the girls? It was Batman. Was Dark Knight? Begins. Well, it was, was Begins, Batman but in Dark Knight, there was a scene where Rachel goes, um, she goes, uh, oh, Bruce goes, can we get two chairs over here? And Harvey goes, yeah. I don't think you can do that. Goes, well, I, sh- I should be able to. I own the place. Yeah. And it's just like, Bruce Wayne is so fucking badass, man. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, let's go on to the very end credit scene like I was queuing up with. Uh, I'll set the, the tone for it, and then I'll go to Joel first, and then I'll move on to the rest of you guys. Uh, we see Arkham Asylum. Uh, we're inside. All the guards are trying to get the prisoners back into their own cells. Worst security guards... ever. Yes, absolutely. Worst security ever. It seems like Lex had been gone for a while. How did you how did you not check on him like hourly? <laughs> um right? Yeah, that that was a little but whatever. The payoff was way better than the small little detail of how the hell you just now know this is not there. Anyway. Um, so all the guards are getting the prisoners back into their own cells. The guard calls out to Lex to step out. Lex ignores him. The guard then walks up to what we assume is Lex, I'll say. He turns around, starts laughing, turns out to be one of the cuckoo people from Arkham. Mm-hmm. So then it pans out to these flapping things in the wind. And then you see this guy on the speedboat. You see the speedboat approach a yacht. You see Slade motherfucking Wilson walk up the stairs. By the way, guys, he's my new favorite DCEU character. It changes by the week, but, yeah, he's my new favorite. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he walks up. We see Lex as Lex freaking Luthor in his, in his uh, Lex Luthor suit looking all badass. 
yes, exactly. Thank you, Joel. Um, so he's talking to Slade. He's, uh, he's saying, would you like a drink? Slade's saying, don't waste my time. And he's saying, nope, I have too much to live for. And, you know, we've had gods come out of, you know, uh, rise from the dead. Slade then takes off his mask looking all badass with the all gray hair and the badass eye patch that he had. Joe Manganiello, listen, you're my hero now, man. Uh, and then we have Lex give the line of the century, which is, don't you think we should have a league of our own? Oh, my goodness. Joel, take me through what you were going through as you saw that end credit scene. Um, what was I going through as I was watching? Uh, I kind of saw it coming, <laughs> mainly because no one could shut up anymore. <laughs> so, and I couldn't hold myself, so I kind of knew it was coming. But the point is, um, it was a yeah, thank you, Katie. <laughs> but, uh, okay, I can't help myself. Um, it was exciting to see, regardless, because he looked amazing at that show. Yes, and they went all white hair, all of it. Yes. Like I thought they were gonna do what they do, like uh, an arrow where they just wait. The hints of white hair. Yeah, you know yes, I, mean? I got you. But no, he went full white, <laughs> full mm-hmm. white hair, full white beard, all that extra shit. Um, and the idea of getting uh, the and look, Joe Manganiello teased Legion of Doom with the shirt, with the shirt like yeah. a couple months ago. So we kind of probably should have known from there. But we're gonna get a at least Legion some of type Doom. of this. I don't know what to call it, Legion of Doom and Justice League. I'm yeah. not really sure what to call them. I'm excited because going forward, you can have like reverse Avengers, yeah. uh, you know, with like Lex Luthor recruiting like movie my movie, mm-hmm. like Aquaman's next year. Maybe it's a post credit scene. Yeah, it's fucking Lex Luthor recruiting Talking Black, Black Manta, Manta, right? Yeah. Like, every movie you could do that now, yeah. right? So it's like, and what happens is in Suicide Squad too? We've heard that it's going to be the Suicide Squad stopping some like somebody from going after the tomb. I mean, it's Lex's people that are going after. Yeah. The tomb. So it's like there's so many different ways you can go with it, and there's so many different like members to recruit. Mm-hmm. So obviously fight off this new league that's formed. Um, and I Lex is a smart enough guy. He's done it before in the comic books. It's mm-hmm. not going to be the first time we've seen it. But mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to seeing what direction, which characters, and wh- just where it goes from here. Because it's, it's different. Like, we know at some point we'll probably see Darkseid. At some point we might see um, Brainiac or something. Yeah. But we're going to get a team versus team thing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. The thought of it mm-hmm. is awesome. And I'm, I'm excited. I just, I want them, uh, if Legion of Doom, obviously, is what they're going for, I want them to just do everyone's polar opposite. Like, right. you have Slade, so that's Batman's opposite. Right, you right. get the reverse Flash for Flash's opposite, mm-hmm. or maybe even Captain Cold, but that's as far as I'm willing to go, unless they give us Grodd. Right. Uh, which, by the way, I wanted to mention Ooh. really quickly, I don't, I don't know if many people got this small little hint mm-hmm. that uh, Ezra Finally. Flash gave us in the yeah. Where he said, I, I'm also fluent in sign language like, with, for gorillas. Yeah. So I was like, oh, 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 I, I see that. I didn't I even get you. that. I see yeah. you. I was like, ah, all right, Barry, gorilla grind's coming. Yeah, I get it. Um, so, yeah, I just want the, the Legion of Doom to, to be exactly their polar opposites. We have heard rumors of Wonder Woman 2 could be our introduction to Cheetah. That's right. another person that I'd want on that team yeah, to go up against Wonder Woman. Uh, so just literally Cyborg versus opposite. Lex, Superman versus Black Adam. I'm sorry, I'm just a nerd exactly. right now. I'm just nerding out. Exactly. No, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, that's what I want. I don't want him to go get Joker, go get Hart. Like, no, that's way too much. Batman's opposite, like physically, yeah. is Slade. I want you to physically get everyone's opposite. So it's not a, it's not a mental kind of thing. It's a literal... Brute force versus brute force. Right. Um, and honestly, you were saying uh, Lex forces maybe what Amanda's sending against them. I'd twist that a little bit. I kind of hope Lex 
hires Amanda to then go get the Suicide Squad to retrieve the tomb for him because he knows his people aren't going to be able to get it done. So why not send these people and if they fail and they die, fuck it. I'll send Slade to go do it. You know what I'm saying? I, I like the idea of Lex versus I like that. versus Waller. Yeah, yeah. I just always felt like a Waller's always worked for Lex, not but I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset with Sometimes, that. Sometimes I mean they have. It's not not always though. Yeah, yeah I'm not against that. Uh, Nick, talk me through your feelings as you saw this amazing end credit scene. I'll say amazing for me. Maybe you didn't enjoy it as much, but I'll let you have the floor. Are you fucking kidding me? Like it was, it was awesome, dude. Like. Uh, I mean, we were sitting down um, uh, and, you know, waiting for this scene to pop up. And, and, you know, Dane and I are just having, like, you know, this casual conversation while the credits are going. And then, like, the, the, the scene pops up. And so, obviously, you know uh, Lex Luthor's going to be involved. And then with that reveal, and then as soon as it hit the boat, as soon as, like, you saw, like, the, the little uh, uh, bandana pieces or whatever flapping in the wind audience went nuts like it was crazy i had to shush a motherfucker um because they were still like clapping and shit when it when lex started talking and i literally was like shh like i gotta hear this motherfucker like be quiet (laughs) um (laughs) and uh and i'm not that's not my style i'm not a shusher but I, i had to i had to shush um and uh, I feel like I feel like Larry David right now. Like I'm not a shusher, but I had to shush. Um, but uh, but but nevertheless, yeah, man, it was awesome. And then of course, like when when he pulls that helmet off and you see it's actually Joe Manganiello under there. Um, I thought it was is terrific. I was I was very happy that he actually took the helmet off, so you got to see like his face and the hair and everything. Um, and then, you know, as far as, as the line, uh, you know, league of our own, like super cool, like super hyped for it. And, and I, I told Dane afterwards, I was like, it was, it was something that I definitely did not see coming, um, because of all of the, um, all of the, uh, behind the scenes drama with Joe Manganiello and like, what, is he going to play Deathstroke? Is he not going to play Deathstroke? Like, um, so much of that that's been going on, I feel like this is, this is at least one example of Warner Brothers using that in their favor, um, and and by having that that kind of narrative go on, um, you know, uh, for the past you know several months um, and maybe a little longer than that. Um, but by having that narrative go on, you didn't like. I think it made you. It, it, it at least for me, it made me like let my guard down on that on that kind of notion. So the fact that. Um, my guard was let down a little bit and then I got to see it. And then when he pulled the helmet off, I saw it was actually Joe. I was like, damn dude. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought it was great. I loved it. Nice. Shannon, what'd you think? Um, I think there's no one in the world that will be disappointed in that in credit scene. It, um, seeing like the dual swords on his back, like the silhouette of it, as the boat's driving in gives you, you know, the good feelings and the, the, the tingles and whatnot, because I think it's something everyone's wanted for so long that they could have almost have done anything in that credit scene as long as he was in it. And it would have been amazing. Um, so that alone is definitely just so much to look forward to. And I think the, the Lex Luthor that, that he's become and looks like, I like the way, 
Jesse Eisenberg talks. I like the way he acts. I like his wit. I like I like him. So I really want him to be a successful Lex Luthor. So I'm really glad that he's got the look going. He's he's getting into it and definitely going to go deeper with it, apparently, and really challenge him and, and give him something to, to, you know, fight him with if he's going to be, you know, creating their own league and whatnot. But the Deathstroke alone, I've always been amazed with because, you know, the the brain capacity he has, how he, he he's like 90% of his brain. And I've been taken with him ever since he was able to go not just toe-to-toe with Batman, but prove you know, he, he took his place and fooled everyone. He was Batman at one point in the comics, you know. So I just really have a lot of respect for him as a character. And as I said before, I'm a huge fan of the fighting and the artistry of it. So I'm really, really looking forward to getting a chance to see some really well thought out, well shot and, and scripted out fight scenes with Deathstroke. So I am Definitely. That's what I think of when I saw him. It's some really good smart fights, some intelligence. And I mean, I'm just overall excited for what he could bring to the series and it's a whole nother level for it. So I'm super excited. That was amazing that he was in it. Absolutely. Especially because we thought it would be a hanger scene from what Ben showed us like 80 months ago of Deathstroke when he broke the news that we'd be getting Deathstroke in Justice League. And then we thought we weren't going to be getting him. Uh, so it was really cool that they kept them and they used them in, in you know, that way uh, to usher in something new. Let's just hope they don't scrap everything and go away from it because this could be huge and then possibly lead up into injustice. Uh, Dane, what were your thoughts of that end credit scene? I thought it sucked. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I do want to throw out that I forgot about something. That That fight between – the verbal fight between Diana and Bruce was amazing. Uh, that was a great scene, so I, I, I forgot to say that for the last part. But as far as the end credit scene, I loved it. I think I elbowed Nick like three times and said, they're doing a reverse Sam Jackson in reference <laughs> to him playing Nick Fury and doing that in Iron Man. Like instead of recruiting the Avengers, Lex is recruiting the Injustice Society or whatever the fuck they call it, Injustice Legion of Doom until tomorrow. That that can be like the long one. They'll have an acronym. They'll be great. But um, – I, I loved it. I mean, I was geeking out the whole entire time, and I'm glad that, you know, Jesse Eisenberg was channeling uh, his performance as Mark Zuckerberg instead of uh, John Landis's son, Max Landis, because if you know who Max Landis is, and I've said this a bunch of times, neurotic, weird, very unlike Lex, it's like they took that boss logic picture that was out, guys, right when they had the casting. When you looked at it, he was bald, and was like, yeah, you know what? I saw a social network. This might not be that bad of an idea. And then it was like, what the fuck happened when it got into the movie of BBS, at least for me? So to have this version, it's like they completely just took the Lex Luthor and just put him in there. Uh, I thought it was awesome. Uh, I, I love it. Um, it's, I'm just geeking out right now thinking about it again. So it was it was great. I was like, the second time I saw it, I was like, there's another after credit scene. The people that were leaving to let them know because I wanted them to see it. And someone told me to shut the fuck up. That was rude. <laughs> well, fuck them. Anyway, Tannen, what were your thoughts? Yeah, like, like I said, you know, uh, with my initial thoughts of the overall movie, I think it's right up there with the first reveal of Thanos as far as, like, one of the best post-credit scenes ever. I mean, the scene you could tell was classic Snyder. I mean, the cinematography, uh, just just knowing that, a couple of months ago, you know, we thought 
Joe was done. Like, oh my God, we're not going to see him. Matt Reeves took over. They they acting like they don't want to go with him. This is such a waste. And then to finally get to see that scene, and you know him, just the slow motion of him walking up the steps. The suit is so badass. Um, it's straight out of the comics. I think Joe was born, you know, to play this role. You know, uh, like uh, Joel said, you know, they went full on Slade, you know, with the helmet uh, removal, you know, you know him with the the gray hair all over, uh, you know, just his attitude, and then. Yeah, the tone of Lex. I mean, Lex is there. He's still that that cocky uh, type person he was in BVS. But you know, we got to remember this was character development for him as well. This wasn't the um, the Lex that everybody thought that we should have had in BVS. He grew into that. He's still one of the few people that actually have accomplished his goal as a villain. He killed Superman. He actually won, uh, and that's carried over. You know, yes, Superman came back. But it's just like he had that swagger. I mean, it was so cool to see Eisenberg in a way for a lot of people to be kind of like redeemed, you know, because people were like, oh, my God, this is Lex. Uh, I mean, that that freaking million-dollar suit he had on, that yacht, the girls in the back. I mean, that's that's Lex. And just to see uh, Deathstroke, oh, my – I mean, if they don't capitalize on this and this is the only time we get to see it, such a huge wasted opportunity. But – that's what I'm saying. Everybody, I've seen it twice, and everybody that was in the theater was just like, "Oh my god!" Like, just erupted. It, it like to see him. So, I mean, if it, it really opens the door to a lot of things and gets you excited for what DC, um, you know, can do because they have amazing characters. And that's one thing WB really needs to capitalize on is how much fans want to see, you know, these characters on the big screen. So hopefully, uh, you know we still get the Deathstroke movie, or at least he'll be in one of the upcoming uh, spinoffs. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. They ne- definitely need to capitalize. They have amazing characters. Dane, lead us into our last topic, brother. All right, guys. Uh, kind of hate to, and I want to emphasize for, for everyone listening and also everyone that's part of the panel, we're all huge DC fans. Um, this is by no means I'm going to talk shit about DC at all, but there are some stuff that, you know, going along with this that we should probably discuss. And I, you know, I kind of don't want to end it on a negative note, uh, but you know, we have to say stuff. I think that the movie, this movie will make a good enough money. And especially with the response of wonder woman, which is now under the reins of uh, Jeff Johns going forward. I think we'll have good amount of movies, but this was a big bump for them as far as the Ben Affleck stuff, uh, you know, everything that's going on with that uh, situation and Ben being – I don't know why Ben, on the Monday that the movie premieres uh, of that week, he would go on and say he doesn't – you know, just be – just just fluff him up like he did at, at Comic-Con originally when people were saying that you weren't going to stay on for the whole entire thing until after the movie. If you're really thinking about leaving, I thought that was kind of dumb. It was on a lot of, like, news tension, and the critical response hasn't been good. It's crazy to me because most of the critics that I listen to personally and myself have really enjoyed the movie, Um, but that is something not as bad as the biggest deal uh, along with the whole Ben Affleck thing. This movie is going to make probably less than $100 this weekend. BVS domestically the first weekend made 166 and that underperformed to them. Uh, this is, has to make definitely has to make 
like north of $800 million for them to continue with this DC Universe, or that would at least be a big smack in their face of, should we pursue this? Which, obviously, I want them to, and, but... You know, they spent $300 million, I think it was, or right underneath that, on everything, for the reshoots for the movie, uh, for advertising. So stuff is definitely in question. And I think that, especially after hearing about the whole Ben Affleck thing, that really sucked. And now this stuff on top of that, for a movie that I really enjoyed with some of my favorite characters, and I want to see them branch out now. Um, if you want to point the finger at anyone, don't point it even at Rotten Tomatoes, don't point it at Marvel, Point out Warner Brothers, because they pissed me off. They're the reasons why they've had to, they've been reactionary as hell. Uh, it's obviously a board of directors and not one guy, you know, until Joff Jones took, I mean, look at the movie that's been underneath him with Wonder Woman and how well that did. Um, it's definitely boardroom decisions and very last minute. And look what Suicide Squad went through. Look at BVS. And they, sh- they shaved off, even though I like the pacing, they shaved off 45 minutes of this movie very reactionary for theater time to be able to get more. It's like if it's going to affect your actual film, people are not going to do repeat viewing. So it's got to not drop like further than 50% uh, next weekend, uh, or that's going to be bad for it. So I'm just, it, it really bums me out because I love this movie and I love the characters. And even if all the hurdles, which I think they'll get over financially, you know, look, they'll continue doing this because they know they can make at least a good amount of money with these characters. Ben Affleck, him not wanting to, like, you know, pursue it, and them thinking of a younger, I don't know why they picked a director that wanted a younger Batman involved of their actual overall universe. Um, it definitely, there's there's tension between Ben underperforming with Live By Night and them taking him off directing duties of the movie. Like, I don't know if that was a retaliation or anything like that, but there's a lot of reasons why Ben Affleck's leaving. It's not just personal life. Um, so... I am going to send it to you guys uh, to talk about this because we need to talk about this as film fans. And, you know, I'm sure it will be a lot of positive words, but, uh, Nick, hearing all this information, um, you know, the Ben Affleck stuff, the box office being underwhelming, how do you feel? Um, I, I'm still cautiously optimistic. Um, I guess that would be my, my phrasing, if you will, um, n- namely because uh, this this movie obviously had to go through a lot. Um, and now that, that, you know, Jeff Johns is kind of the, the guy who's going to have the vision going forward. Um, I, I mean, I liked Wonder Woman a lot. I like this movie a lot. Um, I think everything will work out just fine for him. I think they'll find somebody to replace Ben Affleck if, if Ben Affleck indeed decides he doesn't want to do it anymore, which seems more and more like it might be the case. Um, but it's fine. I mean, the thing is, as far as for me, like, the character is bigger than the actor. And even though, um, you know, Ben Affleck uh, is is a very, very good Batman, it doesn't mean that you can't find somebody else who can be on that same level um, or at least close enough to it that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect anything. Um, and then as far as it, it, as far as it underperforming, I haven't seen the numbers. I know that it, it broke um, uh, the box office record in Brazil. So Brazilians like it. <laughs> Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not terribly, uh, worried. I mean, I think, um, I think there's a lot that, that Warner Brothers has to get corrected. Um, but I think, uh, at the end of the day, I, I still feel like regardless of, of what critics kind of say about this, this film, 
Um, I feel like given the obstacles that they had to go through to, to get this film made, um, I, I feel like they did a good job with it. And I feel like, um, I feel like this will probably be one of those situations where, you know, the Rotten Tomatoes score may not be super high, but the, the, um, like the rating as far as like the, the popcorn rating or whatever, as far as the viewership, I think that will be pretty high. Um, because like I said, I mean, I think, uh, it's, it's just, it's a good popcorn flick. It's a really good popcorn flick. Um, and you know, that's, that's at least going to help the movie going audience side of things. And, you know, uh, I, I think everything will be just fine. I think Warner Brothers needs to put their trust in Jeff Johns and let him kind of run the show and um, not interfere too much. Um, hopefully they do that going forward and, you know, we'll, we'll get, um, continue to get, you know, better films. Yeah, and I, I think that, if anything, um, with Jeff Jones uh, in charge, at least, I think that he's shown them that he has a good vision for everything. So as long as they don't try to get involved, that's Warner Brothers' biggest downfall, is they try to get involved in their movies too much. And I get it. I mean, they're the ones making the movies. But, Joel, uh, all this type of stuff, along with Ben Affleck, the box office, does that, does that worry you at all? Uh, it, it's it's alarming. Um uh, especially the box office stuff, that hurts the most because even though usually I like a movie, as long as it makes money, it's not really an issue. But if this one's going to bomb the way it's currently bombing at the box office, hopefully word of mouth does play along in our favor because I, this definitely has more positive <laughs> feedback than the BBS did, that's for sure. So hopefully Absolutely. it doesn't drop drop off as bad as BBS did Um in its second week, and like it can at least have some legs, at least till like you know Star Wars comes out. That's really going to be the biggest bump on the road for it. Um, but they have a holiday weekend coming up. A lot of people are going to be off. They're going to have time. They can go watch Justice League. So we just need the word needs to be out there that it's not as bad as Rotten Tomatoes says it is, or a lot of the critics may think it is. Um, we do like it. We, we support it, and and it should make it should be better. It should make it should make more money than it's making. So in that part, that alarms me way more than the Ben thing because we've been this Ben thing. Uh, I'm kind of numb to it at this point, but we've been hearing about it for so long now. And I obviously I don't I don't think any of us here wants him to leave. Obviously, um, yeah. we want him to stay. Um, but everything, if you read you know the writing on the wall, it doesn't look likely. It looks like he may just end up. This might have been the last time we've seen him as Batman. I don't know if that's the case, but it'll be a sad day when it happens because the man didn't even get his own solo movie. And we have, I mean, he, he will, but he probably won't be in it, which is sad. Um, and it, that character, this Batman deserves it because he, he's been a great, great Batman um, up to this point. And I, hopefully it works out in that, in, if, hopefully it works out because well, there's already rumors of his replacement. We already got named. So it's like, well, we'll see what happens with that. But as of right now, Ben is Batman until he's not. So we'll go from there. Yeah, and come to find out, and what you're referring to is, is the whole Jake Gyllenhaal thing. But apparently Matt Reeves has met with uh, a couple different people. Jake Gyllenhaal might have been one of the only ones that uh, John Campier caught wind of. But, Juwan, uh, same question. Uh, you know, I think that we're being pretty optimistic about that, and I don't, I don't think it's, it's weird that we are. Uh, are you on the same level, or are you worried at all, too? Um, I wouldn't say I'm super worried. You guys know I've always been in the the category of I'm with Ben until 
how it would have been anymore. Uh, I think what they could do to better suit him if he doesn't want to do as many of these films as they'd like him to do, just tell him, hey, how about uh, for your solo movie, you're not in it fully. You're in it to reflect. This is a look on a younger Batman. You're you're doing uh, a, a trilogy of a flashback. Obviously, he wouldn't be in each of the trilogies like, I remember when Joker did, and then the movie starts. Like, no. You would do it for the first one, and then that would let the audience know the trilogy, if it's a trilogy at all, um, is about Batman in his younger years leading up to, wow, leading up to, um, <laughs> sorry, uh, leading up to uh, the events of, yeah, sorry, the events of Jason Todd's death. So, I mean, they could do it that way and just tell Ben, hey, can we just use you for these major Justice League or major uh, DC event films? Like, if we wanted to do Crisis or something like that, can we use you for that? I think Ben would be more open to it. He wouldn't have to be tied down to doing every major appearance. He, you know, he'd rather do here and there. Uh, if him leaving is even true. I mean, I know he has said, you know, uh, you know, I've already did three, and, you know, we'll, we'll see if it, it if it's five, you know. But things like that, I mean, we have to remember so many things go into it. It could be a negotiation tactic. It could be so many different things. We do not know for a fact how many he is uh, uh, signed on for. We assume it's five. Um, so, and as far as the, the, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes and everything, I think we as, as fanboys pay attention to Rotten Tomatoes more so than an average moviegoer. I think an average moviegoer depends more on word of mouth. So if word of mouth is Justice League is good, I, I would like to assume it won't be long before the box office starts to show that the fans and the general public enjoyed the movie. I just think if it doesn't hit by this upcoming weekend, it won't it won't uh, drastically change in the U.S. because Star Wars is coming. And once that's here, you're not honing in on that box office at all. Uh, so I think if, if they want to get to that number that, you know, that makes them feel comfortable, now is the time to do it. Because if December hits and you're still not there, you're never going to get there as far as U.S. Uh, so, you know, they, I think word of mouth is something we as uh, true fans need to be more vigilant about and make sure that we're getting the word out that it is a good movie. Because uh, I don't think people, the average moviegoers, pay that much attention to Rotten Tomatoes. I think we do more so than anybody. I do agree. I just, I, I don't know. I, I, our box office is reflecting a, uh, a different concept a little bit. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't want to think to the point where people are like, oh, I heard on Rotten Tomatoes it's not that good, so now I'm going to stop and not watch the movie. Because, I mean, most of the time it has nothing to do with that. It's just people that want to get mad about something and want to blame it on, on something. Most of the time not even knowing it's an aggregator. So, I, I, I do agree with you, and I, I think that level of optimism, I think it is true. I think it's going to make a good amount of money in the next couple of weeks. Um, but uh, we'll find out. Kanan, you probably know a lot more details about this. Um, what do you think about this whole entire situation? Well, I'll start with the Ben Affleck stuff. Um, some of the stuff that I've read and heard is that Reeves really wanted uh, you know, Ben to be his Batman but that Ben has been so wishy-washy with Warner Brothers that 
Breeze was like, all right, I'm going to start looking for other people. This was almost kind of like a tactic to get Ben to make a decision because I've heard that Ben would go into Warner Brothers and say, I don't want to do it anymore. I want out. Then he would come back and be like, well, no, I, I do want to do it because this would be a good distraction for me. You know, I need work and, and stuff like that, you know, to, to kind of get over the stuff with his his life that's going on. I just think in the end, I think it's just going to be too much. Uh, and, I, you know, I don't know if it's just like the pressure, you know, of, of the role, you know, people constantly own him about it. But he's one of the best things about the universe. I mean, whether you like the fact of how he was in BVS, he's a great Batman. He's a great Bruce Wayne. And him and Henry have like a brother type relationship. I mean, it would just be so weird to see how they, you know, to see how they are and to see that changed by bringing in somebody else. I just don't know if that chemistry would be there. Um, but you could tell, uh, you know, Ben's change in attitude at Comic-Con. He was so for it. And then during the press for Justice League, you know, he just was kind of like there, but he didn't seem like he was completely all in like they were wanting it to be. Um, as far as Rotten Tomatoes go, uh, I agree with you, Dane. I think that we focus on that and we we use that as a measuring stick, but I think the general audience, if they see a movie they like, I think they're going to go watch it. I mean, I'm not going to let a, a critic, you know, keep me from watching a movie. Like, you know, Daddy's Home 2, it's, t- it's got terrible reviews, but I loved it. I mean, if I see a movie that I think I'm going to like, I'm going to go watch it. I'm not going to let a, a critic tell me otherwise. Um, as far as uh, Justice League box office, uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've defended this movie all week and all weekend. Uh, I wanted to tomorrow actual numbers to be over to be $100 million just so we can say it broke $100 million. But it, that's a, I mean, to be honest with you, it's a huge disappointment. This movie should have made more or close to what Batman v Superman did. But I think that a lot of fans are in a wait-and-see approach because of Batman v Superman's re, uh, reception. But I've talked to a lot of people as well that had uh, that college, school, like finals and stuff, you know, were this week. And they're going to wait and see it next week with their family. So, you know, hopefully this wasn't a front-loaded type movie like BBS was. And fans will, uh, you know, this will be kind of a, a Wonder Woman thing where it has the legs, where this week we see more people see it. Uh, but right now, overseas, is tracking really well. It's, it's doing uh, better than Age of Ultron in a lot of markets. It's doing better than Batman v Superman. It's doing better than Thor in a lot of markets. So, uh, you know, it opens in Japan this week. I mean, we just got to hope. I mean, this maybe this is one of those movies where the domestic box office doesn't do that well, and it's all overseas. I mean, a couple of years ago, that probably would have been a bad thing because you want it to be domestic. But, uh, you know, nowadays the international market uh, is just as much or, or if not more important than the domestic box office. Um, so I think this movie still has a chance to be very profitable I mean, regardless, Warner Brothers isn't going to abandon ship. Um, I think they're going to make changes to how they go forward, but I, I don't see them in a full-on panic mode. Yeah, I'm, I, I, it might not be a panic attack, but it might be a little bit of anxiety since it's like... I hope they just realize that the three movies that have underperformed maybe to their standards, they got involved the, much, the, the most in. And when they mm-hmm. gave the reins to someone to be in charge of it, 
it made a lot of money, and also it did really well both box office and with uh, critical response with Wonder Woman. So, uh, Shannon, same question. Uh, ben Affleck possibly leaving, it having a bad first week uh, in theaters domestically. Uh, what do you think? Um, I think I'm a bit bad about Ben Affleck leaving just because I was one of the biggest skeptics of it to begin with, and I was abnormally kind of okay with it. I think he does a good job. Um, but I'm not really attached to anyone playing any character because I'm pretty firm in the belief that it's all different representations. You know, anyone could, we could get another one and another one. And as long as they're performing, I'm going to be okay with it. Um, it's not like a football quarterback. We don't have to have a franchise quarterback to do nothing but that, you know, we're lucky with some of the structure they have like that with Marvel, you know, like with Wolverine and Iron Man, like that's cool. That's fine. But I think Batman is iconic in a way, just like the Joker, where there's a lot of different ways to interpret the character. So I think naturally it would be okay for there to be many different actors to portray them. So if he stays, if he goes, there's pros and cons to both. Um, Neither one would break my heart, but I would like to see more of him. So that's about that. Um, And I think with the sales that they had and what they brought in in their first week, I think a lot of that is really, it got a reputation of, and it's falling behind the the coattails of almost everything Marvel's doing. So it was in a tough spot to begin with. But I think the fact that, you know, there was so much negativity, I think by a lot of people going into it, that it kind of swayed a lot. Now that I think that the movies came out and there has been some positive reviews from a lot of people that have actually seen it, it could definitely pick up steam and and do way better, or they could, you know, play into whatever some other guy wants to tell them how to feel and think and not see it and just red box it or see it on TV, you know, um, order it. But I think it's a, definitely a good movie for a movie-going experience. It, it is something I would recommend seeing on a big screen rather than in your living room. Um, so yeah. I hope it does do better and pick up a lot more sales going in. So, I mean, I didn't really expect for it to blow anything out of the water, but I don't want it to fail at the same time. Cause I really want DC and the justice league franchise or, you know, movies coming that should be coming out after it to really be successful. Cause I want more of it. So I hope it does well, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, well, I guess, uh, Jawan, do you want to end it with doing some um, some ratings? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it back to you, sir. Absolutely. And, Shannon, that was a, a lot of really good points. Um, we'll definitely talk more Finn leaving, uh, possibility of him leaving next week. Um, me and Kanan, the following week. Sorry, we are off next week. <laughs> Let me say that before I forget to say that before we close. We are off all of next week. We will see you the following week. Uh, me and Kanan will have more Batman news uh, to give you guys um, as far as the whole and, Ben Jake Gyllenhaal information. Uh, so and we'll stay have tuned. a better uh, look at the box office for Justice League to make yeah. a better evaluation in two more weeks. So. Absolutely. Because yeah. when we get back, it'll actually be the month of December. So if the numbers aren't there, we'll know whether or not <laughs> that means, for as far as U.S., whether or not the numbers will ever be where they want it to be for this film. Um, All right, so this has been an amazing show, guys. We dug deep into the breakdown of Justice League. 
Uh, before we sign off, I'm going to go to everyone. I want you to give your, your sign-off and give your rating for Justice League. Shannon, I'm going to start with you. I want to say thank you for everybody for, for joining us. I hope you all had as much fun as we did. And rating, um, I would give Justice League, let's see, is it, are we doing numbers or letters? What are the um, numbers? I would, numbers? Numbers I would, I'm sorry, say that one more time. Numbers, uh, one out of ten. Out of ten. I would give it a seven and a half out of ten. Okay. All right, yeah, no, that's definitely good. That's that's not too bad and not too great. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's right there. That's right there in the middle. Uh, yeah, it's like a C plus, B minus kind of territory. Yeah, yeah. Right? I was thinking B minus. So B minus, yeah, yeah. 7.5. I, I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I, I don't think kid. I don't think anyone else. I was a C minus kid, but anyway, I don't think anyone else is going to be that far from from uh from that seven seven and a half rating. Uh, Nick. Yes. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, as always, it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, first and foremost, I want to give uh, a, a little shout out to uh. The Flash, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed it, uh, but he finally gets his fist bump at the end of the movie from Cyborg. Um, and and that, was, that. that was so terrific. Like, that was great. Um, uh, as far as my rating for the film, I give it, like, a seven, seven and a half. Uh, my grading scale is a little, like, I always have to preface anytime I give something a grade. My grading scale is, like, a little different than most people's. Like, I think a five is, like, not bad, not good, like, because it's right in the middle. So, like, I, I'm going to give it a 7, but just realize that my grading scale is a little different than everybody else's. So, a 7 would be, like, if if 5 is not bad, not good, it's 2 more than, than you know, mediocre. Um, so, like I said, I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a 7. All right. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely good. I was just telling Shannon, I don't think – most of our ratings for this will be too far off from each other. Uh, Kanan. Um, it's a eight and a half out of 10. I love how he just says that. Like, I don't care what it is. It is eight and a half out of 10. Yeah. I think he just dropped the mic somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I also loved how he didn't find it necessary to to give us a sign off. No, to give us a sign off. Like, (laughs) Hey, thank you guys for listening and everything. Nope, drop the mic. Eight and a half out of ten. Okay, all right. Silent assassin. He is struck again. Uh, Dane. Um, I'm actually, I'm gonna give it an eight. I I had to add an eight. I still think it was, you know, nothing really stood out that was that much, you know, worse that I didn't like beforehand. So I enjoyed the film basically. So yeah, I think an eight. Barely anything gets ten. So. Uh, being an eight is pretty damn good to me. Uh, nines are like what tens are normally. I'm I'm weird like Nick. I have a different scaling uh, mechanism in my head. But, uh, yeah. And uh, thank you guys for listening tonight. And uh, check us out all the time because then you'll get awkward moments where I just kind of lose my brain and keep on talking for some reason. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Always something interesting with the Geek Vibes Live crew. Uh, JoJo Baggins. Um. Yeah, so thanks uh, for coming on and listening and 
doing all that extra stuff, <laughs> letting us into your home. Letting us into your home. You make that one sound creepy. <laughs> Especially um, you, Patricia. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I agree with Dan. I'm going to say eight. Uh, it's, it's where I'm out. I landed, um, and I'm, I'm happy there. It lost half a point just because it wasn't enough Green Lantern. That's right. That's just it lost half a point. But aside from that, it was, it was an eight for me. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I can disagree with that. We needed more more green. Joel's been campaigning for green for the longest. Yeah, just, just see with no green lantern. What kind of well, black? we just saw it. Uh, no, but uh, I'm gonna go eight and a half. Uh, the positives outweighed the negatives, but the negatives were were I wouldn't say glaring, but they somewhat stood out yeah. too much Could not for me to give it a nine. Right, the fake. The fake stash, no stash. No stash. Yeah, the baby hands, the cyborg. about it beforehand? Batman being in shock and all. Yeah. Yeah, Superman leaving danger again to go spend time with Lois. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I can't ignore that, those that, that wasn't bad. No it stash. was bad. No stash was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening to us tonight for our edition of Geek Vibes Live Justice League. I told you there's no number to this episode, mainly because I forgot. Cool. Anyway, um, like I said before, we are taking a well-deserved week off for the holidays. We will be back the week after as we get into full-blown Star Wars uh, mo- uh, mode. So yeah. we're going to fully go into Star Wars starting when we get back. But like I said, we'll have more superhero. Oh, shit. And we have to do. Oh, I didn't mean to curse. Uh, we're going <laughs> to do uh, the Punisher review also. Uh, but stay tuned. Maybe me and Joe will have a video one for you guys to check out. But as far as the show, we'll be breaking down Punisher when we see you guys in two weeks. So stay tuned. Please follow us on Facebook at Geek Vibes Nation uh, and Twitter at the same thing and Instagram and our YouTube. So you guys know when we come back and when's the first show that is the comeback. So do not miss out on that, guys. And thank all of my panelists for an amazing and very informative show. And we have a happy holidays, guys. All right, fuck it. I'm going to play it just because we have it. All right, peace out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>